Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Ready. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Old Show podcast. Oh, it is 2018. We are starting <laughs> off with the Denzel Washington quote. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. And uh, 2018 is going to be great. Uh, we kicked 2017 in the mouth. Trust me on that. Um, I have a really special guest who I uh, stalked on LinkedIn and kind of uh, went and did the digital deep dive and did the whole storytelling and then figured out why I wanted her to come on and share her story um, on our show to uh, you beautiful listeners. Again, thank you so much for all the reviews on iTunes and all the downloads and things like that. Much love. Um, But we're going to get right into it. Camille Dundas is a social storyteller. She works for three different companies, but they all tap into her storytelling skills on social media. In Nigeria, Nigerian people always say you should have three side hustles, so I think Camille's doing that. Camille spent 10 years working as <laughs> a... Jamaican people's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Camille spent 10 years working as a television news producer for CBC and CTV, but most recently made a shift to Hootsuite, where she helps enterprise customers visualize their wildest social media dreams. Camille is also a consultant at 404 Media Group, where she helps clients understand how to pitch their business zes to mainstream media. And Camille is also the editor-in-chief of award-winning online magazine by Blacks.com, currently ranked number one among online publications serving the Black Canadian community. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Lack thereof of a ball cap. Shame on her. We're still not a sports family. I know, I know. Um, The one thing I wanted to get in um, is you were talking about uh, to a group on YouTube as a a video. And you said, you know, growing up was not easy. You didn't have furniture. Sometimes you didn't have food. But you always had words and used those words to tell a story of a life that you necessarily weren't living. Um, And I mean, that strikes a chord for me because I come from humble beginnings as well. And Um, I think that so many people out there are in the same position and I feel like it's I think everyone needs their escape. And for you, it seems like words have always been an escape. So could you just elaborate on that? And that's kind of how I'd like to start out the conversation. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, we my family came to Canada from Trinidad um, when I was four years old. And so the way my memory serves me is that I guess, you know, my parents like saved up what money they had. And we came and we moved here. And then things just got like progressively worse yeah. over the years, yeah. right? So when we first came, we had this really awesome house, a great big house, like two families living there. It was all good. Um, and then, yeah, it was really hard for my dad to find work. Yeah. Um, he was a civil engineer, but like many immigrants here couldn't get, you know, the same level of work that they got yeah. back home. Yeah. And um, we ended up uh, in a small apartment on top of a Chinese takeout. And it was on the Danforth. 
to people in Toronto. Um, I, I sometimes drive drive past there and nice. I go back and I, I took my husband there once and I'm like, this is where I grew up. And then I'm like, oh, let me show you around the back. He's like, can we can we just leave now? <laughs> <laughs> how it does, was that traumatic. <laughs> how, how does it make you feel, though, when you go back? Like, how does it make you feel, though? I mean, I mean, those are because when I think of things like that, you know, uh, maybe to give you context, when I was 13, yeah. my mom was a single mom. My mom passed yeah. away. So my dad is Jamaican, who I never really had any relationship with. And my mom was German. And at 13, my escape was football. Thank God I found something that really crafted in. And even to this day, you know, even in business, you know, I've definitely made my success in business. But taking those skills and that escape and all those necessary things that I learned, I still practice those to this day. I literally do when I go back, my wife and I, we have a home in Fairmont, B.C. and one in Edmonton. So we spend half our time. But when I'm in Edmonton, I regularly will drive her by where I grew up and you know, it, it, it's a life that I just think about. It just, it, you know, in some regards, it, it it's the most vulnerable I ever feel. And but at the same token, it's it's beautiful. Like there's a lot of yeah. beauty and pain. So how do you yeah. feel when you drive by where you grew up? You know what? I feel like it, it amazes me because at that time when I was growing up there, I didn't feel like I was having a bad life. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. It, I'm almost grateful for it because it really informed, like it made me so motivated. And so, you know, I remember once this, um, this, uh, encyclopedia salesman came to our house and, um, he was just like, I don't know why my mom let it in, but <laughs> clearly we could not afford this like set of encyclopedias. And, um, I said to him, he was like, Oh, you know, like, you know, little girl, like, what do you want to be? I said, I'm going to be a journalist. And he just looked at me and laughed, you know, and he was like, like, whatever, like, you know, but in my mind, like I was going to, you know, somehow get my hands on all those encyclopedias. I was going to read through them, which I eventually did through the library. And I did become a journalist, you know, Mm. and um, I just words for me were and books were a complete escape. And no one had to tell me, my mom never had to tell me to go do my homework or go read. Like I was like in those books mm. all the time. And I especially loved the choose your own adventure books. Like those mm. were gold to me, you know, mm. because you could just be anywhere and be anyone and just have a whole different life. Like right there in, in my room where like, you know, rats and roaches were like right across. Right. Yeah. But none of those things were existed when I was just in that book. In right. That book. Like nothing else existed, but those, that other world, you know, well, you said, you know, you said one quote and it really stood out. It was kind of like it, it hit home and you said, turn your mess into a message. And yeah. and I really like that because you're basically saying like, you know, you basically started out and said, you know, there's you know, there's a beginning, middle and end to your story. Um, and I think the one that you ended off, you said a good story is personal, emotional and then true. And, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that is the biggest thing. So for a story now, people are pitching stories all the time. Social media is is a gauntlet. I, I, it's definitely changed the media landscape as we know it. Traditional media, you know, and this is kind of my beef with tra- traditional media. I mean, I, and I've done all the TV and radio, too, is that yeah. you had the platform. You were the only platform where people were, you know, I'm in the marketing. Bit. I own a marketing company and we right. all I do all day long is day trade people's attention. Attention is the arbitrage. Attention is the currency in which Facebook operates, Instagram, everything out there. Now, the traditional media and you got all the old school like producers and I kind of say like the gray haired dudes and all these guys, they just (laughs) got they should have they could have they could have created Facebook like they could have came out of the game. And by the time it happened, I feel like I don't want to say it's too late, but wow, it's different. Right. It is. It is. It is. (laughs) Now, I love the fact that when I talk to somebody who it was like an anchor before or a producer, 
the one thing that I love that you guys have, and I think you have it on anybody else's, you know how to tell a story. And as a marketer, we're trying to get clients to learn how to tell a story. A story is not yeah. come by my shit. Don't, that's not a yeah. story. It's exactly. not compelling. You sound yeah. like everybody else. Well, yeah, I always. So my husband and I, we have a, a um, publicity firm. Yes. Right? And so the number one people always ask me, what's the number one challenge? And the number one challenge is actually with getting clients to want to tell their story. Yes. Because when I I'll interview them before we write the press release and before, you know, like, you, you know how it goes. Yep. Right. And then the thing that will stick out to me is the thing that they least <laughs> they didn't they didn't come I'm they're like I didn't come here trying to talk about this girl yeah. I'm like no 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 we need to talk about that yeah you know? see a therapist if you've ever gone to see a therapist you'll talk about all this and she'll be like or he will be like okay but what about this and you'll be like no no, no I'm good I'm good with that you be like no 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 we need to talk about this right yeah. and it's the same thing so and I always tell people one of the the things I say all the time anyone can get on TV just it takes the right story. Absolutely. And so because um, people who work in media have been, I worked in mainstream media for 10 years. So all I did every day was write little stories. Yeah. And so it just literally comes naturally to me. So and and one thing that I always I, it's kind of like a little magic trick that I used to do in my workshops where I would ask I would have a group of people and I'd be like, OK, and I ask them, I'll go one by one and I would ask them maybe a series of three or four questions. And I'd be like, OK, you are a, a somebody who does this and that. And blah, 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 blah. Like I would just like sum up their entire life in two sentences and they'll be like, how did you do that? I, this is what I've been trying to do for like five years in my business. And I'm like, that's just what I, it just comes naturally because I've been trained to do that. So hi, yes, hire marketers. Yes, hire publicists. Don't try to do it alone because it's a magic trick for us. Right. Because we've been but it, it's, it's not magic. It's just that we've been doing it for so long. But all those like it's funny because you you have a lot of people that worked in traditional media. One lady actually said to me, she said, you know, Ryan, I feel like the skills I learned in media are not as transferable as I'd like them to be into the real world because it's such a niche. I just was kind of like, maybe this is why the traditional media industry is where it's at because I, I completely disagreed. My biggest thing, and I always like to talk about weaknesses, is, man, I have great ideas. I can talk. I I, I mean, I love my social media. I, I, I've been a media hound. I mean, I've, I, I'll tell you the ways I've pitched. It's been borderline, you know, psychotic and yeah. weird and stalkerish, <laughs> right, but, right, I, but right. I got, but I got it done, you know, Result, yeah. and I got results from it. But the biggest thing for me was how do I get my amazing ideas? And it's funny because people are like, well, Ryan, you want a marketing company? I mean, that's just what you do. But I'm like to get my idea articulated into a contextual you know, tidbit so that you can actually understand it. To me, that is a huge talent. Like, it's it funny. I'll have an idea. I could talk to you about the idea. You're going to undress it, dress it back yep. up, reshape yep. it. And I'm like, Put it back out. that yeah. makes so much yeah. sense. That, that's exactly what I was seconds. thinking. In 30 seconds. In 30 seconds. <laughs> and that. Concise. Well, yeah. and, and that's a talent. So what do you do? Like, how is that something you learn? And I know you said, hey, as a child, my escape was books. But how do you cultivate? How do you make that a craft? How do you like. Okay, in business, right? People who are in sales-oriented environments, they're always going in, and I give analogies, right? They're not looking for a marriage. They're looking for a one-night stand. They want to sell something quick. They want the instant gratification. Storytelling does not often come with instant gratification because you got to go throughout the whole story. In the end, you get yours, but what yeah. would you say to a business or you know whatever who's like, I need to get my story out there. How can I even do that and like, how can I stop thinking about me, 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 me? A good story yeah. well, is about you. For one, it, it's a long game, right? Yes. So like you said, you know, it's, you need to have patience, right? And so don't, you know, overwhelm people with information, number one. Yeah. Um, you need to, you need to, 
especially if you're a new business, people, as you know, as a marketer, people buy from who they like. Yeah. And so the first step to getting someone to like you is they need to know you. Yeah. So, you know, space it out, number one, right? Yeah, don't yeah. think, don't tell yeah, your yeah. whole life story all at once. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, there's two, there's two types of, of, I, I think where stories that these fall, fall into, right? I'll give you two examples. Um, so a couple of years ago I was promoting one of the workshops I did called, uh, the big pitch. Okay. Yes. And so there's, like I said, two types, there's one that I call like a factual story. Um, and all, all of these are for, um, persuasion. They're stories of persuasion, right? But they're not beating you over the head with persuasion. The factual yep. is a little bit more on the nose, but the vulnerable story is a little less on the nose, right? So I told this, so I was doing a series of social posts over mm. two months to promote this event, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the posts I did, um, the title was, it's on LinkedIn, so you can go check it out. The title was, um, Throwback Thursday, My Life as a Beauty Queen. Mm. It had nothing to do, nothing to do with the actual event. Okay. Um, the first line of the story was, uh, a couple years ago, I accidentally stumbled into the pageant world. It's funny how something so focused on, um, focused on the, the surface taught me how to keep it real. Mm. My demographic is going to click on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I went on to tell the story about how I became this accidental beauty queen and how, you know, it taught me so much about being myself and this, this, and this, whatever. And it was, had nothing to do with mm -hmm. the events, mm -hmm. but it had to do with people get me being vulnerable. I'm putting up a picture of myself in a swimsuit, yep. something I never really wanted to do. <laughs> um, and I told the whole story about that and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yep. And so people loved it. Right. Because it's just a moment of vulnerability and of women, you know, con connecting with the insecurities of another woman. Woman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, now, generally speaking, if people are insecure about certain things, they don't want to share them. Right. Correct. But it's, it's a, like I said, it's just about people getting to know me and they like, oh, yeah, I remember that girl who said that story. Oh, yeah, that was cool. You know, she seems pretty cool. I'll go to her event. Mm. You know, so it had nothing to do with the actual event. But I promote I told that story during the promo time frame of that event. Mm. The, the second story was a factual one, which is where I spoke to a friend of mine who um became a contributor to the show I was working on at the time at CTV. And I asked her for a few statistics on how she saw her business grow after she, after her first appearance on the show. Mm. And she told me that she saw a 300% increase to her website traffic. Mm. And she got a hundred new subscribers to her newsletter three hours after she appeared on the show. Mm. So I just told that story and it was a very like two paragraph story. Mm. And that's a more factual story that will convince someone um, to be like, oh, wow, like I need to know how to do that. Mm. Right. Mm. And, and, and that that goes for any industry. I have a friend who sells insurance mm -hmm. and she told me a story about I, I have like loads of insurance. OK. And she told me this story about um, a friend of a friend of hers who um, a wealthy guy, he owned like motorcycles, cars, apartments, etc. died unexpectedly. And after the government came in and took their death tax, which I actually knew nothing about, I felt really dumb afterwards for not knowing about death tax. She said that his family um, had barely enough money left over just for the funeral. And I was like, what? I, I bought insurance from her like the next day. OK, yeah. like I changed over yeah. myself. <laughs> I lost yeah. a bunch of money at the cancel the, the plans that I had. And I bought them from her yeah. because that story convinced me. I'm like, damn, I don't want that to happen to my kids. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want that. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I was like, so that just gives you, you know, just some quick examples of how storytelling sells. Like, but, so, I, but so I'm actually developing. Go ahead. Do you think that 
the traditional way of telling a story based on the production of the TV and the radio, you've never had better tools to tell a story with social media and digital. I mean, you can break it in six seconds. You can break it in 15 seconds. You can give a whole story on Instagram uh, leading up to everything. So how have you transferred your traditional storytelling formats into a digital world? And which one do you think is better? Well, yeah, better. Yeah. It depends on what you're trying to do. Right? Sure. So people, while, you know, our, our video consumption definitely um, is showing it's, it's all mostly online. And I read a statistic um, that said 85% of, um, of social uh, consumption will be video. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the next year or so. Absolutely. Right? Um, so for sure, you need to be doing more video, but you know, People will still, you know, watch traditional documentaries. Like I'll still go onto Netflix or wherever and watch like a two-hour documentary, right? Yeah. Which is still on the traditional side. Yeah. But then your day-to-day, um, the the ads that I will click on are always video storytelling. You know what I mean? Um, and people gotta know, you know, it doesn't have to be. I think I don't do as much video because I I, I feel like I'm still. I have that TV perfectionist mentality. And so I need it to look a certain way. And yeah. I'm clear I don't have a camera crew following the, me around. The lower right third. You need the lower third. You need the little thing. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing. Listen to this. Okay. In marketing, right? Ego is the enemy. And if you want to read a book, read a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's an amazing, fascinating book. Okay. okay? Now, what's amazing about this is for instance i started this podcast i am not a professional podcaster or audio engineer but i i can learn almost anything right i like the breakfast club i'm like they use the microphone i want the best microphones blah 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 right now the reason podcasts are massive but are going to become even more massive is i am not so arrogant to think that you want to watch my video but as you get off to this off your headset right now, you're going to go pick up your kids. You're not going to watch a video, but you could be having my podcast rolling on your phone, in your car and listening to it and pa- passively consuming passive consumption. If you like something that I said in my podcast, you can rewind and you can play it on your own dime. This is why TV and traditional has kind of really like sucked wind because the moment you interrupt somebody like those banner ads, right? You're on a little app or yeah. you're doing something. How dare you try to interrupt my time (laughs) with your stupid shitty banner ads because you're you're so (laughs) egotistical to think that I actually want to click on that shit. I don't want to click on that. We are in a world that I only want to do things when I want to do them. So if I'm going to be a content curator or creator, I have to always assume that it's all about you, nothing about me. And I want to make sure that when you hear Ryan, I'm not stealing your attention. You're choosing to give it to me and you can listen to it passively. And, and video is still going to have a lot of challenges because, for example, you know, now everyone's getting annoyed because all the videos on Facebook have ads 15 seconds. Into Boom. It. And I'll tell you, once I see that little alert that says ads starting in six seconds, I click off and yeah. I don't watch the rest of the video. I just can't commit. <laughs> you know, I'm going to watch the first 15 <laughs> seconds and that's it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Just, well, and, yeah, and coming so from somebody who's coming from the traditional media and producing, I mean, all you yeah. like, look how many ads are in a commercial, like how many, look how many commercials are in a piece of content, right? And now look what you're doing. You're, you're creating your own ecosystem so that you don't even have to see the ads, right? Yeah. Pitching, 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 pitching. Now you have buyblacks.com and I, I feel like yeah. this is a really interesting topic because Black Canadians, I really feel as unified and who is there's a is it uh, Justice Don McLeod? I seen something about Justice Don McLeod. Does that name ring a bell? On buyblacks.com? 
Did I lose? Did I lose you, Camille? I see you, and I see you, but I don't hear you. Camille, did I lose you? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I, I feel like I lost you for a second. How about now? Yeah, I said something about the connection. So oh, okay. No, I can hear you now. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm cool. good now. Sorry about that. So I was I was just talking about buyblacks.com. Now you yeah. had uh, I think I seen something like Justice Mc- Don McLeod. He's involved yeah. with that or or some some sort of mentorship, right? Black. Well, we did a story on. Um, he just started the Federation of Black Canadians. Yes. So we did a story on that. So yes. yeah, they just had a big launch a couple weeks ago. So. How do you feel about like my opinion on this right now is I feel like black Canadians, especially in Canada, I don't I don't feel like there's as much unity as there should be. And and here's what I mean by this is it's funny, right? We we kind of are, you know, multifaceted, right? I always say, like, don't don't pick one lane and subscribe to it. You can you can be multi talented, right? Sure. With black Canadians, I feel like I love what you're doing because the first thing that stood out was, OK, this is another platform or avenue in which, you know, you can have a group of, you know, black Canadians kind of mix in and and support one another. I feel like that's definitely yeah. there's a big hole, especially in Canada for yeah. that. I feel like, mm. you know, all of a sudden I'll be talking to somebody and, and I'm like, oh, man, is this a black you own the restaurant? Oh, wow. And I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't aware of this. So it's yeah. almost like, you know, you kind of tr- you keep that low hustle and you kind of, yeah. you know, fly under the radar. How, like, hmm. what is buyblacks.com? Like, what is the whole motivation behind this? Well, for me, it was filling a gap in terms of how we're, our community is covered in mainstream media. Yeah. So, you know, having worked in mainstream media, I saw this firsthand where, you know, we're either covered like in in crime section yeah or we're covered as the except the exceptions right so you're like you know hugely successful right but there's a (laughs) lot of people in between there who are doing amazing things with their lives and with their businesses entrepreneurs like artists and you know small business owners and all kinds of people um charities nonprofits, etc and so these people will will hardly ever get mainstream media coverage right and i'm like but why you know so why shouldn't there be a place for us to see only positive reflections of ourselves mm. and it, it it really worked because especially one of our biggest um uh, campaigns was the black history 365 campaign where mm. we committed to do one post every single day about black canadian history not american mm-hmm. and the moment that ended it was one year and everyone was like we need more like please start this over and somebody even recognized their great great grandparents in one of the photos that we posted wow. and people it showed me that people or black canadians were so hungry for this type of information yeah. to see themselves positively reflected in the national consciousness yeah. right and i was like we got to keep doing this because people want it and why is that because still today in in where we're taught in schools this, you know, black history isn't part of Canadian history. Mm. You know, I, I do want to get to the point one day where we're not calling it black history. Yeah. We're calling it Canadian history. Canadian. Honestly, I do. Yeah. But we're not there yet. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's why we do what we do. You're you're a fighter, eh? When I was like, I, I, lost, <laughs> I, I watch a lot of video on you and you you speak with a very assertive um, you're very, you're, you're, you're just a fighter. Like you can tell, I can always tell somebody that's had a, you've had, you have one hell of a story and yeah. I, I think the, the common world probably only knows just a, just a smidge of it. Um, but yeah. can you speak to that? Like who is Camille? You <laughs> were, you're in, you're a journalist. You have yeah. transitioned out of, you know, traditional media, went over yeah. into Hootsuite, which is all digital and all social. Mm-hmm. Um, like who, who are you? Who's Camille? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we're gonna get like, transcendental. And, and, I, and I and I and I know we're pressed for time, but I mean, yeah. I think you have a lot to offer. I'm definitely gonna have you, you back on because I think there's yeah. lots lots to talk about with you. But who sure. who is Camille? I did check out your your family looks beautiful. Oh, you guys, you. your husband looks extremely colorful in in character as well. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. The first yeah. thing the first thing I thought about was yeah, that's that's definitely your husband because I'm like okay, he he looks just as crazy <laughs> as you and. I mean, but you guys look like you're, no, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, but yeah, like who's, who's Camille again. And for the listeners, my biggest thing is even the pitching, people get scared to pitch a story. People think their story's not good enough. People constantly doubt themselves. You have kind of been through it from all aspects. You, I I know you've been someone at one time where you're like, man, because of where I came from, I don't know. There's got to be self-doubt. We all have self-doubt. Then there, then you moved into the phase where you're the person that's deciding which story is relevant and is going to be put on. And now you're going over onto the other side of saying, yeah. okay, well, maybe I want to tell a story and I'm helping everybody else tell their story. So yeah. how to pitch, yeah. what story is good enough, and what is Camille's story all in a, all in a couple minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? I mean, I'm a grown ass woman yep. who's been up and who's been down. Yeah. But the t- but I think what sums me up best is one of my best friends described me as a bad check. She said yeah. because you always bounce back. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's really me in a sentence. It's a bad check because they, you know there's there's nothing that's gonna keep me down, right? Yeah. And so and I think because you know I've been through so many hardships and I've seen the other side and it's made me because I've had so many different childhood experiences, you know, in the up and down. Um, we've been poor, we've been wealthy, we've been back, we've been there again. Mm. Um, I can, I, I, I'm a chameleon, you know? Mm. And so I, I fit in anywhere and, uh, you know, my husband is the same. And I think that's probably what attracted us. Um, we both can, you know, I, I, there's a, is it that Rudyard Kipling, uh, poem go and find it, but to, you know, it says something about walking with Kings and, um, I can't remember the rest of it, but mm. it's being able to to relate to any group. And I think the the vulnerability and I've had this since I was a child and I and I absolutely believe that I'm also an empath um, in that when I meet strangers, I, I, I feel their energy right away. Mm. Immediately. I feel if they're going through something mm. um, like a hardship, I'll feel it right away and I'll know, mm. OK, something is going on with them. I just feel it. Um, and so I've been that like from I was seven or eight years old. I remember getting in huge trouble once we went to the park, um, just my siblings and I, and they were in the park playing and I was ended up sitting on a bench next to this really elderly man. Mm. And he just, I was only six or seven. So it looks kind of creepy. Right. But he was just, <laughs> he was just talking to me and he was just telling me about his life. You know, like there was a, a seniors residence nearby and he, you know, left, lived there and he was just telling me about his life. And I was just eight years old and I was so intrigued. And as soon as we got back home, my brother and sister were like, Camille was talking to a stranger and blah, blah. And my mom was ready to come with the licks, you know, <laughs> but my dad, my dad and I, you know, we have a rough relationship, but we've all, he, we also have a weird connection where he just saw that in me from a young age. Mm. And he was like, no, 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 she's different. Oh. And, um, he was like, just, just leave her alone. You're, 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 you're a warm character. You're just a warm character. And you can tell even by how you, how you communicate LinkedIn. And I can't remember how you even came on my stream. You liked something. And then I think I seen you and then I, I went to your account and I added you. I'm like, man, she's fantastic. Right. Um, I want to get into, before I get into a quick fire round pitching, how, how does somebody like, even when I pitch, you almost feel like you don't want to bother somebody. So when somebody's pitching, like, are you bothering them or give them value? 
Give them value. And number one, don't pitch cold to a person you've never spoken to before and never interacted with online. So before you send that pitch email, find them on Twitter or LinkedIn, look at what they're talking about, like their stuff, engage with their stuff for a week or so, and then send the pitch and be like, hey, I know I, I really love that article you shared about X, Y, and Z. You know what? I have this thing that you'd be really interested in. Mm. That's how you get into it. Just don't go with the cold pitch. Camille, I think you you have you thought about ever having a podcast or something like that. You're a friend. You got to get all my friends keep telling me to do it. Yeah, well, you got a great voice. You can talk. Thank you. Um, if your if your traditional media head says that it's got to be professional video, you don't have to worry about video. It's all audio. (laughs) But you have a lot to say, and you got to find one consistent thing of of pushing that out there. You're fantastic. Exactly. Fire round number one: sneakers or heels? Sneakers. Okay. Two. What's for dinner tonight? chicken <laughs> don't sound so damn stereotypical three are, are are you a hunter or gatherer gather you're a new address you're sorry you are a new addition to a crayon box what color would you be new oh like that means a color that doesn't exist correct magenta mixed with yellow man okay who would win the fight between superman and batman batman Okay. What is the number one thing that drives you? It's in here. It's all in here. Okay. Born with it. Seven. Proudest moment personally. Um, proudest moment personally, um, meeting and performing for Nelson Mandela when I was 16 years old. Jeez, that's great. Oh, we got to talk more about that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. And number eight, number eight. That's like if I'm going to be the psychologist right now, like I'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a second. We missed the whole thing here. Yeah. Number eight. (laughs) Biggest professional accomplishment. Um, professional accomplishment, you know, just a few months ago, we, at buyblocks.com, we won the innovation award from the Canadian ethnic media association. That was our first award. Huge for us. Huge. Number nine. How do you define success? Success is defined by whatever goals that you set out. If you met that goal, it's not by anybody else. It's your goals. So Mm. if you met your goal, you're successful. 10. What are you scared of? I'm scared. I'm scared of dying without accomplishing the things that I wanted to do. Okay. That's what I'm scared of. Do you have a role model? Yeah. Who? My role model. Um, you know what? My six-year-old son is my role model. Okay. <laughs> he is so honest yeah. and he he is so kind and he, he's the best. I, I really try to <laughs> roll. It sounds weird, but <laughs> no, no, be like, mom, why do you have to be on your phone all the time? Mom, why don't you do this? Mom, why don't you do that? I'm like, you know what? You're right. Everything yeah. he says is always right. You are on your phone a lot, though, eh? Your your response time is really good. Like you're, because I'm like, man, you're two hours ahead of me, and you're like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, man, she gotta go to bed. Uh, what is your? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I just, I always picture people too, especially when you're married. It's kind of funny. I'm like, because I just picture like when somebody's messaging you back at like ten o'clock at night or ten thirty. I'm like, like oh, I, yeah. I just picture weird things like her husband's wearing pink slippers and he's wearing like a a, 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 a white shirt, and then she's sitting there and her kids like, because you could just imagine like the state of their like <laughs> what they're like it's 10 o'clock at night right but anyways um uh, uh what is your favorite thing to do well, no- we'll, talk, we'll talk about that the yeah. next one too what, right? what is your favorite thing to do non-work related non-professional non-goals just what's your favorite thing to do to kick it i love my husband um is a dj by hobby and i Ooh. love when he plays all my favorite 90s tunes and i sing along at the top of my lungs to, like whitney and mariah that's oh. what i love Yes. When you think of Toronto, what's the first word that comes to mind? 
Center of everything. Oh, geez. Yeah, you Torontonians, eh? What? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. God loves a humble man, so I'm going to play the humility card on this one. No ego. Ego is the enemy. 14, one piece of advice you would give someone who's scared shitless. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Okay. 15, when you hear the word star, what is the first thought that comes to mind? Power. Okay. Uh, Camille, this has been another amazing episode. You, I think we could talk for hours, so we're going to have you back on. Oh, yeah. How can people reach out to you uh, and say hi and see all the initiatives and great things that you guys have going on? Find me on the Twitter yeah. at Camille Dundas or at buyblacks.com. Or if you want to talk about work, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is purely fun. So Okay. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. Please rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We appreciate all your support. Um, again, this podcast has been an amazing initiative. Uh, definitely, uh, we are at a level that I would not even imagine, only at the level that we are, but many more to go. Um, Camille, thank you so much for coming on the show. I will be staying in touch with you and send you all the links when everything is up, okay? Absolutely. Tell your husband I say hi. See you later.